Hi, and welcome to the Wealthy Travel Agent Podcast, where our mission is to bring you inspiring messages to help you become the wealthy travel agent from people just like you who have succeeded in selling travel. I'm your host, Dan Chappelle, the leading authority on sales and sales management in the travel industry and author of the Amazon best-selling book, Get Your Ship Together, The Wealthy Travel Agent Guide to Sales. It's available internationally on both Amazon.com as well as Audible, if you prefer to listen to your books that way. Uh, you can learn more about my sales and business development programs and how they can help you to become the wealthy travel agent at wealthytravelagent.com. Here's a disclaimer. The opinions that are expressed in this podcast are both the opinions of your host and your guests. So don't hold us to the fire for anything that we say here today. Today, I'd like to welcome Bob Duglin, who's the vice president of international membership and host agencies for ASTA the American Society of Travel Advisors. Bob, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Dan. It's a pleasure to be with you. You're a legend in the industry, and uh, <laughs> I'm happy to be here today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'd go as far as say legend. <laughs> Infamous, maybe, but not maybe. <laughs> Well, I appreciate you taking time to come join us today and uh, fill us in on what's happening with Asta and everything. But, hey, you've been in the business for a while. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you got to where you are today? Sure. Well, you know, I'm happy to do that. Uh, I've had a, a background in and out of travel for 35 years, started actually selling freight for American Airlines way back in the 80s when they were trying to compete with FedEx as a, as a freight company as well. Kind of interesting. And I've owned a brick and mortar when I lived in Ohio and uh, spent a lot of time in the tech industry, even in the, the downturn of the early uh, early part of the uh, 2000s, right. I got back into travel as an independent contractor and uh, wound up being uh, hosted by Nexion and met a gentleman by the name of Scott Kepp. Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> Scott wound up <laughs> going over and, and becoming the president of NACTA, which was the, the forerunner of the NASA Small Business Network. And uh, I wound up joining NACTA. Then I started a a chapter in South Florida here, which is now the Asta South Florida chapter and knock on wood successful and just kind of, you know, kept working for Asta and NACTA through various roles up to, to where I'm at today. And uh, it's just such a pleasure to work with uh, travel advisors and, and people of a, of a like mind. And, and I'm really happy to be here. Well, that's fantastic. And we're glad that you do what you do because it makes, uh, makes it life a lot easier for a lot of people in the industry. So on that note, you know, tell us a little bit about ASTA, what ASTA has been up to and, uh, you know, why does it exist? How does it help agency owners? And I know in the last six months, not just right now, but you know, in recent history, uh, ASTA has been heavily involved in, uh, governmental functions, I guess, in, in order to, to help, uh, the travel industry, uh, well, basically independent contractor business, if, if I'm not mistaken, tell us why we're here and what the relevance is of ASTA to the industry today. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know, we were having this discussion six months or a year ago, we'd be talking about things like, uh, AB5, Assembly Bill 5 in California that was affecting, uh, the ability of independent contractors to exist in that market under uh, travel industry guidelines. Similar uh, bills came up in New York and New Jersey. So, so let me, so, if you don't mind, can you explain what that means, what that was and what that means and why that was significant to the industry? Sure, what had happened was in California, there was a trucking company that had converted all of their employees over to independent contractors. And what that did was it eliminated overtime, it eliminated 
all of their benefits, their social security, a tremendous amount of protections that they had. And, you know, California and one of the legislators there thought, okay, this, this is going to happen in other businesses and other industries. So what we're going to do is we're going to regulate independent contractors and eliminate that category of business. And they were only thinking of trucking. They were thinking of, you know, the gig economy, maybe uh, Uber and Lyft were in on that, but they didn't realize there were businesses like real estate, like insurance, like travel agencies and travel advisors, they're going to be affected. So what we had to do was, was kind of rally the industry together, go to Sacramento, get our members behind the legislation. And then all the supplier community that's based in California, they got behind it as well. Princess and Ama, Ama Waterways and so many others. So that was, it was very successful and, uh, you know, getting an exemption in, in AB5. And if that bill went through and we weren't exempted, then it would have, you know, basically ended host agencies ability to work in the state of California. Mm -hmm. And you had New York, New Jersey looking to do the same thing. So, so we were, were fighting there also. And so that's an ongoing battle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Of course, it's all taken a backseat now with, with COVID-19. Sure. So, uh, you know, for our listeners, uh, asked, uh, I think, to a lot of folks, whether you're a travel agent, independent contractor, agency owner, uh, a lot of folks think of ASTA as a training arm of, of the industry, but it's so much more than that. And the benefits that you're starting to see, as you mentioned, with COVID is really helping agencies and agency owners get through this crisis. What can you tell us about what ASTA is doing to support the industry there? Uh, you know, it's, it's actually, we've had a lot to do with CARES Act, Dan, and, and uh, our advocacy team, Evan Peck and, and Genevieve Strand and, and Peter Labasso, you know, through our legislative days and our actions of the past few years, going up to Capitol Hill, meeting with congressmen and senators, when a crisis like COVID-19 hit, there were people we were able to call and say, hey, in these relief bills, if you're going to include airlines, you need to include the agencies that are ticketing them in these relief bills. And as a result, ticket agencies, which is the word they use for travel agencies, were mentioned specifically in the law. Also, for the first time, independent contractors are able to get unemployment compensation, you know, under the, the CARES Act as well. So these were a lot of the things that ASTA was fighting for and uh, successfully was able to get in, in a lot of the legislation. And then also in increasing those PPP funds that were out there. You know, that first wave, Dan, they went real fast and they went to people yep. that really shouldn't be accepting them. A lot of large corporations that took advantage of the law. So we went back and, and were able to get more funding. And uh, now that a lot of that PPP money is still there. So these are some of the, the key things that AST has been doing for, you know, all sides of our community from independent contractors up to the largest agencies. So we're supporting for the PPP for the mm -hmm. payroll protection program. What about the uh, emergency economic disaster loan through, I believe it's a small yeah. business loan through FEMA? Yeah, that went through FEMA. And also, you know, the, the, you had the airlines that were getting their, their, their grants and their loans in there, which is where the ticket agencies were included, the travel agencies. Okay. So it's it all different parts of that particular act. Now, is this a one-time deal or is this, are there phases to this? It's turning out there are definitely phases. Uh, you know, the, the, the first phase didn't include a lot of the loans and the funding and what we call like round two included a lot more of that. 
uh, round three and round 3.5 include additional PPP funding. And now we're going for round four, which is an extension of the unemployment compensation benefits, more money for the PPP, extending out the, the loan term from two years to, to five or 10 years. And also uh, with the PPP program, you know, people were only given eight weeks to keep their, their payroll together. Right. And we're asking that that now go through the end of the year. You know, what good is it to bring people back if travel's not back and we've got to let them go again in July? So, you know, we want an extension to that. And this is just a continuing lobbying effort because I think, so let's kind of backtrack a little bit about, you know, what the mission of ASTA is. Because mm-hmm. uh, as I mentioned, it's, we, you know, from the agency side, you typically just see the, the front side, which is the, the training side. But tell, tell us about the lobbying efforts and, and really where that comes into play. And, and that's really the main reason that ASTA exists, Dan, is to be the travel industry's lobbying association. You know, we're the only trade association out there specifically for travel advisors and travel agencies. And, you know, kind of it's like if, if there's no one to listen to you and make you a priority, you know, you're going to get, you know, shoved under the carpet along with all the other advocacy groups that are out there. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you've got uh, companies with a lot bigger staffs or associations with a lot bigger staffs and a lot more money than ASTA has. So we have to be very smart in how we do it and how we get the word out. And fortunately, our very small but mighty advocacy team has been able to do that. Cool. So you actually mentioned something that uh, you're the only organization that's actually advocating for the travel agent and travel advisor. Uh, what about CLIA? They're a great organization, but look at what the acronym is. That's the Cruise Line Industry Association. And while travel advisors are a very important part of that business, you know, their main concern is, is the cruise industry and the health of the cruise lines, which it should be. They need a strong advocate. for. Yeah, and I think that's an important thing for people to realize is that the mission of CLIA is the Cruise Line Industry Association. It's, uh, they do education as a part of that, but their role is to advocate for the cruise lines. Yep. And and the, and the USTOA, I believe, is a similar type of uh, of a setup in that while they have educational programs, their role is to advocate for their tour operator members. Exactly. Yeah. And we all work together in times like this as well. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, it's a strength in numbers for sure. I'm going to switch gears just a little bit here because we've been so caught up in the COVID thing and we've been caught up in a, in a lot of the stuff that's going on. I know, you know, this is an ongoing debate that I see. Um, it's, it's been going on for years. As long as I've been in the business, it's been going on for years. What is the position of ASTA as far as it goes towards licensing of travel professionals and required education? You know, where I'm bringing this up is right, right now, it's so easy to get into the business. I mean, anybody who can pretty much fog a mirror and write a check can be a travel, call themselves, quote unquote, a travel uh, advisor or agent. Um, and I use those terms interchangeably. So just so for those of you who, you know, they are asked as a travel advisor, they changed the name what, about a year ago, I guess it was. Um, yeah, a year and a half now. Yeah. But the, 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 and, and the reason I use them interchangeably is because of the public still thinks of that in that vernacular. And at least as far as I'm concerned, there is a difference between an advisor and an agent as well. And, sure. and we don't have to go into all that. But from a licensing standpoint, you know, you have uh, insurance agents are licensed mm-hmm. and are required to take continuing education. Real estate agents are required to do the same thing. Um, those that uh, in different forms of healthcare 
have to be licensed and, and continue education. What is the feeling going on at ASTA about that? Well, you know, Dan, we, we haven't taken an official stance on it, you know, but personally, I, I think looking at the, the, the more that we can professionalize our industry, you know, the better it's going to be for everybody, for the clients, for the suppliers, for the travel advisors. Um, and, you know, it's been a state by state battle with anything else. And, you know, Washington, California, Florida, New York, they all have state licensing with varying levels. And right. in Florida, it's your ability to, as you mentioned earlier, write a check and send it in as much as anything else. You know, California is a little bit stricter. But one of the things we've done at ASTA is we've created a, a verified travel advisor program nice. that kind of sets aside an ASTA travel advisor from other travel advisors. And the reason we, we've created this program is CLIA, nobody does cruising any better than CLIA does and, and what you need to do to sell and what's involved. But the Verified Travel Advisor Program, that's about agency relationships and the law. That's about how to run your business. That's about the mechanics of being a travel advisor and running a travel agency. So we think, you know, that kind of training will go a long way toward, you know, satisfying what a requirement would be to be a, a licensed real estate agent or a, a licensed insurance agent. Because the VTA program, it's not a fluff course. You know, it's something that you really have to study to get through in terms of, you know, the legalities and some of the terms. Right. Because I've, I've seen that um, there are organizations, I mean, we used to call them card mills, direct marketing programs, things like that that come in because, and, and, and I'm not saying anything bad about it. I'm, I'm a huge advocate of there's as many bu business models and ways to make money as there are different travel products. And, and uh, this is, you know, it's free market economy. I, you know, I'm not also not as opposed to what people refer to as rebating as a lot of others do because there are different business models that incorporate different things. So who are we to, or me, who am I to tell someone else how they should be running their business? But I think that, you know, from the public standpoint, I do believe that, uh, you know, having some sort of licensing certification, something that uh, is not just, uh, you know, you sign, a, sign on a piece of paper and all of a sudden, boom, you're a travel agent with no training, no no product knowledge, no nothing else to go out there. And I think that's, that's kind of what gives the, uh, I don't want to say a bad name to, to some, but the profession is not as viewed as professionally, I think, uh, as, as some others are, because we don't necessarily have that, uh, those checks and balances in the, in the system there. And, and, and that's where we try to differentiate, the, you know, the ASTA membership and kind of raising the bar up, you know, the, our members get use of the ASTA logo, and that really is like a good housekeeping seal of approval. You know, we're able to, if there are problems, you know, we're able to help mediate, you know, with any members. Uh, something that's been new in the last year or so is we require uh, all members to take the ethics course. Oh, awesome. So, you know, that, that kind of raises that bar. And then Erica Richter, our, our publicity director, actually, she's just down the road from me in Portland. Uh, she's done a pretty amazing job in working with a lot of the major media and getting travel advisors in the news. And we have a, a website called TravelSense.org, which is where consumers can go and find travel advisors and even chat with them on that particular site. And you'll find that's been mentioned in uh, Forbes, USA Today, NBC, uh, NPR, anything that has initials in it that, that's in the, <laughs> the broadcasting world. Well, we'll be sure and stick that in the, uh, in the show notes when we're done here so that people can definitely reference that. 
Now, are those uh, professionals that are part of the travelsense.org to be able to find that, do they have to be part of the verified travel advisor program? No, they, they don't have to be, the, the, the VTA, the verified travel advisors, they are listed first because, because they've taken those courses, but right. you don't, you, all you have to do is to be an ASTA member and have uh, agreed to abide by the code of ethics and then fill out your online profile to be listed. And, and it's geocache, you know, if you've got somebody in, in Seattle that wants to take a Galapagos cruise, it'll pull that, that person up first. Awesome. Awesome. Yep. That's something that uh, I think we can all appreciate as well, because we want to keep, you know, part of the being, even though it's with technology, we can be all over the place, just like you and I are, you're in Fort Lauderdale, I'm in the Seattle area. Uh, a lot of folks, they like to do business local. I, you know, I like to shop local. I'd like to support folks nearby. So that is awesome. What does the future of, and I don't mean to put you on spot here, but what, what do you think the future kind of looks like uh, for not necessarily the industry, but ASTA going forward? Well, certainly, you know, the future, I think, is very bright, both for the industry and for ASTA. We're, we're going to get through this, this very difficult time together. The world will change a little bit, but, you know, we'll change along with it. Uh, we've also been really fortunate, Dan, that a lot of the consortium, the host agencies, and the, the community has seen the work that ASTA's done since the beginning of March. And we're up almost 2,000 new members in that wow. time period, which is unprecedented in our history. Yeah. And a lot of that is coming from, let's say, the host and the consortia that, that realize the job that we've done to try and assist them with uh, the PPP loans and the EIDL loans, and also the unemployment compensation. You know, if, if you're an ASTA member, you can go to ASTA.org, go un, un, into the coronavirus resources, and find what the links are in 54 states and territories to, to figure out how to file for unemployment compensation. So those are the kind of resources that we're making available, you know, information on the PPP loans. And, and I'm just working now with uh, my colleagues on putting together lists of what loans and grants are available across 50 states in each municipality. Uh, there are a lot of private industry grants out there. And it's just, it's a daunting task. There's literally thousands of resources out there, but we want to make them available for our members. Yeah. One thing I'm hearing a lot of it from, uh, from folks is they couldn't get the PPP loan because their local bank ran out of money so yeah. quick. So where do you find them? And I, I had um, a friend of mine, Lynn Clark, was on from uh, yeah, sure. Travel Leaders Journeys, and she was telling me that through her TAMS group, they couldn't get the loan locally, but they were able to find a bank in, uh, I think, Salt Lake City. So they're in Milwaukee. They found a bank in Salt Lake City that was able to help out with that. And that's those are the kind of resources, I think, that are important that we, we have out there for for folks to find. Yeah. We're going to make sure that we put all of this into the show notes, folks, that uh, uh, with all the links uh, at the ASTA site, as well as for the everything else that we have. Now, uh, one thing, this isn't, we, we didn't really talk about this before, but I've noticed uh, that the consortia membership and uh, involvement has skyrocketed, uh, even before this started, I think. Uh, tell me what's, what's fueling that and how that's really been a, working here. Well, you know, a lot of it goes back to the advocacy work. And, and I think Alex Sharp was the first at uh, Signature, uh -huh. where they, they mandated membership. Gosh, that's got to be four or five years ago now. And uh, not long after that, Virtuoso also agreed uh, that they would pay for, for membership. And then a lot of the, the regionals, Westa and Mast, uh, American Marketing Group out of Long Island, Mm -hmm. travel leaders, they, they've all kind of signed on. And then for the host agencies, it's a natural 
particularly coming from, you know, the NACTA heritage, which is now the ASTA Small Business Network. You know, we've got such a large network in that area. So tell me a little bit more about the ASTA Small Business Network, because that's where your roots are from in the, in the ASTA family. And, uh, you know, I, I participated in that quite a bit back in the day. And, and I know Scott uh, Kep and Mary Clegg and a lot of folks we know mutually were, yeah, were involved in that organization. Yeah. <laughs> well, sure. That, that was absolutely, that, that was my roots when I came in with Scott and then, you know, through Mary and, and Ann Chamberlain, who I, I miss working with very much. But what we did when ASTA rebranded to the American Society of Travel Advisors a couple of years ago, we thought, why not bring NACTA into the fold? And we went out to the NACTA chapter presidents at that time, asked them what they thought, and uh, they all agreed almost unanimously that, that we should fold in under ASTA, take advantage of things like the Travel Sense website that's out there, get involved with the advocacy, be part of, of a larger organization. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's kind of funny being a, being from a sales background, Dan, you would kind of get this. When I was doing business development at sales with NACTA, I'd have to go and I had to explain the history and the background of everything else, whereas ASTA was a household name. Right. That more or less kind of had sold itself at that point. But with the ASTA Small Business Network, what we found is that a lot of the members of both ASTA and the Small Business Network had similar business models, and it's really worked well together in a lot of areas. Seattle chapters have combined, South Florida, Arizona. You know, we've got about 55 chapters throughout North America mm -hmm. where people can get together on a monthly basis. Uh, used to be physical meetings in rooms and trade shows, and that's kind of on pause right now. But what we're finding is not only have we had new chapters coming on board these last couple of months, but everybody, they're getting on to Zoom, they're getting on GoToMeeting, and they're using all these platforms. And in some cases, people are more involved now than they were with a physical meeting, because you know what it's like when you live in a metro area. Yeah. You don't want to drive at rush hour from one end of town to the other. So now we're finding people from Miami and West Palm Beach that, that wouldn't normally come to a South Florida meeting in Fort Lauderdale, everyone will get involved. I've, uh, I spoke at the chapter here in Seattle a couple of times over the years. Oh, and, great. And it was down in Tequila, which is down near the airport. And, you know, it's always at about 5.30, 6 o'clock in the evening, right? Smack dab in the yeah. middle of rush hour. <laughs> so things like this just absolutely uh, in person is great. But uh, this, this has been good, too. So the small network, who do they serve? The audience are the independent contractors, the, the hosted travel advisors or, or those that, you know, maybe working from home or a one-person office. They kind of, you know, they want the help, the network, the coaching, the camaraderie that comes with that. And also, you know, there, there, there's power in numbers. Yeah, because that's always been the case. You're not really in as much competition with each other as you think you are. You, it's, uh, you can learn so much more from, from everybody else there. So before we wrap up and go to the questions I usually ask, is there anything you want to you add? Anything? I just uh, want to thank you. I, I'd like to, if, if it's permissible, I'd like to offer a, a membership discount to your listeners. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah the, the normal independent contractor membership rate is $199, but, you know, we'll give them uh, $50 off through, uh, oh, let me look at my calendar, right through through the, the weekend, through May 31st. Just use ASTA50, A-S-T-A-50, at ASTA.org. Can we do this fun. till June 15th? Can we push it out that long? You know what? I'll do it. I'll Excellent. do it. I'll do it. And if the code doesn't go through, have people email me at bob at asta.org. Bob, we'll at, and folks, this will all be down into the show notes here. 
at asta.org. And it's the, the code is ASTA50? ASTA50, correct. Perfect. 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 So for our frequent listeners, you, you've, um, first of all, Bob, thank you so much. This has been absolutely wonderful and enlightening, I think, uh, across the board. But uh, our frequent listeners know that we uh, have a couple of questions that we always ask of every guest, whether you're a frontline advisor, whether you're a consortia or a franchise executive or a supplier or no matter, or from ASTA. These last two questions, and the first one will be, what are three things you wish you knew before you started your journey as a travel professional to get to where you are today? I wish I had a crystal ball to know what crises would be in our path. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I wish from the earlier part of my career that I were a better listener and less of a talker. Yeah, I hear you there. And probably the third one is no regrets. No regrets. You can't go back and change what happened in the past, so you just keep exactly. moving forward. <laughs> and, and finally, last question, what is your definition of who the wealthy travel agent is? That's a very good question because wealth means a lot of things. I think uh, having your health, having happiness and joy around you, and you know, not only financial and material things, but having wealth in, in your life, I think is very, very important. You know, what good is all the money in the world if you don't have the happiness to go along with it? Exactly. And that's what most people think, okay, well, the wealthy travel agent, that's a financial wealth, that's uh, selling luxury. It's not what that is. It's, it's about whatever you whatever it means to you uh, and what the business can provide for you there. Well, Bob, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a wonderful and enlightening conversation. Folks, you can follow, uh, Bob at, uh, bob at asta.org. Uh, we'll be putting all the, the links that he discussed throughout the program in the show notes here so that, uh, you can, you can have access to all the resources that we talked about today. I'm your host, Dan Chappelle, author of Get your ship together, the Wealthy Travel Agent Guide to Sales. And you can find that uh, on Amazon.com or on Audible. And uh, you can also follow me on LinkedIn at Dan Chappelle. I'm on uh, Facebook at uh, Dan Chappelle or, or actually Wealthy TA. Uh, and the website is WealthyTravelAgent.com. So uh, we look forward to if, uh, having you follow us and uh, all of us and uh, anything we can do to help you uh, get through all of this and in uh, uh, improve your business going forward. We're here to help. So thank you so much, folks. Have a great week and we will talk to you soon.